The 2023 college basketball season gets going here and we got a lot of stuff to take a look at. It looks to be another great season from the mid-majors to the power conferences. There is so much to watch this season um, and we're going to break it all down here on this video as well as take a look at the Hot Tip Best Top 25. And if you want to see rankings for all 363 teams, head over to hottipbest.com. Those will be updated throughout the season, but of course you can see the preseason rankings up there right now. We'll have picks posted on the website every single day throughout the season of course the video picks um, being posted up here on the youtube channel for my picks as well so make sure you're following all that checking out all of that and you know before we get into some of these teams let's take a look at some of the conference changes headed into the 2023 season now while there's nothing super crazy as far as conference changes go this year um we obviously have a lot of stuff you know coming down the pipe obviously you know ucla um and usc leaving the pac-12 obviously oklahoma texas leaving the big 10 but as far as this season for college basketball is concerned and you know most of these conference changes were actually made um you know in the in the summer um but for college basketball reasons um this is really how we stand so let's just run through them really quick just so you know where everyone's at um Arkansas Little Rack has left the Sun Belt for the Ohio Valley, and the Ohio Valley is a conference that made a lot of moves here in the offseason. Of course, losing Austin P from the Ohio Valley to the A Sun. Belmont leaves the Ohio Valley for the Missouri Valley. Bryant leaves the NEC for the American East. Chicago State actually leaves the WAC and is now an independent school, one of two independents going into this season. Hampton leaves the Big South for the Colonial. Hartford being the other independent school this year, leaving the American East. And one thing to note about Hartford um, is they are in the process of going down to Division 3 so we won't be seeing them in the rankings here in a few years but as of right now they are still a Division 1 team. Illinois Chicago leaves the Horizon League for the Missouri Valley. James Madison leaves the Colonial for the Sun Belt and you know they've obviously made a splash in college football to start the season. Um, probably the biggest move of the offseason is Loyola Chicago leaves the Missouri Valley for the A-10. Marshall also leaves Conference USA for the Sun Belt. Monmouth leaves the MAC for the Colonial. Um, Mount St. Mary's leaves the NEC for the MAC. Murray State, the other Ohio Valley team going to the Missouri Valley, joining Belmont um, in that move. North Carolina AT leaves the Big South for the Colonial. Old Dominion leaves Conference USA for the Sun Belt. Southern Miss also leaves Conference USA for the Sun Belt. Southern Utah leaves the Big Sky for the WAC. Uh, Stony Brook leaves the American East for the Colonial. UT Arlington leaves the Sun Belt for the WAC. And, you know, I, I know there was a, a ton of conference changes, but I just wanted to get us through there so we know, um, you know, when we're seeing some of these teams, maybe not early in the season, we'll even realize for a lot of these changes but as the conference titles you know wind down and, and obviously once March Madness and, and all the bracketology stuff starts to come um, it's good to know how all these teams kind of stack up and where they're at obviously the biggest changes are happening in the Ohio Valley and the Missouri Valley um, you know the biggest one obviously like I said Loyola Chicago going to the A-10 a great move up for them and really the only power conference move um, that we have this season um, and of course Belmont Murray State coming up to the Missouri Valley Austin P goes to the A Sun um, in, in the James Madison ones probably the the biggest moves everything else is kind of laterally um, kind of just you know getting you know some of this conference their alignment going um, the biggest thing though going into this season we got five new division one teams and we just keep adding more and more each season I think we had three last season um one or two of the season before that but you know we're up to 363 division one teams that number continues to grow season after season but lindenwood joins division one in the ohio valley conference queens college joins the a sun southern indiana is going to be joining the ohio valley as well stonehill joins the nec and texas a&m commerce joins the southland and that's you know the majority of changes as far as teams are concerned um a couple of other things to note before we just get in into the whole show here a couple of name changes dixie state is now utah tech which in my opinion geographically makes more sense in my end because when, when dixie state joined the d1 um ranks last year i just never even pictured them as a utah team um but you know um utah tech for them and houston baptist is now houston christian so um a lot of changes happening we're obviously you know have a few more changes um out on the horizon and we're gonna see changes every year in d1 with 363 teams there's bound to be a few changes so um that's about it for conference realignment 
let's get into some of these mid-major teams. Now, as much fun as it is to watch the Power Conference teams battle it out and compete for national championships, when it comes to betting on college basketball and, and really just the excitement level of college basketball to me, it's found in the mid-majors. So that's where I want to start here. You know, there's a few mid-majors. We're not going to go super in-depth. Um, and you can obviously see the timestamps down below to, to kind of get to the teams you're looking for. But we'll break down a few of these mid-majors and the ones that I absolutely love. And, you know, starting at 78th in the hot-to-bet power rankings, we got Townsend Tigers. And, you know, it was a team that last season played very, very strong in the Colonial Conference. End up going 15-3 and in conference play, a 25-9 and record overall. All, but even with the best record in school history, this Townsend team still missed the tournament. Obviously, playing in a one-bid conference, um, you gotta you gotta win that conference tournament in March just to make the tournament. But Pat Sirky, you know, has done a great job with this team and is in high hopes to lead his team to the dance here in his 12th season. For the Tigers, they do lose Terry Nolan in the offseason, um, but return majority of the key pieces from last year's team. And you know, it's a team from last year that was very, very athletic had a lot of strength um, to go along with that and you know for a CAA team it's one that is very very competitive um, and it's a competitive conference um, these days but when it just comes to the depth of this team I think it's going to be very very hard for the rest of the teams in this conference to keep up and while I haven't seen odds posted you know for Townsend to win the Colonial as we get closer to the season we might see some of those odds being posted but um, if you can get some decent value on this team to win the Colonial Conference I don't hate that one Moving down the list of mid-majors, though, we got Toledo as the 72nd overall team. And it's a Toledo team that is always dangerous in the MAC. Um, Todd Kalowski, you know, just continues to find ways to win and continues to get this team improving season over season. It's a Toledo team that a few years ago I was very, very high on and kind of just continued to ride since then. Last season, they narrowly missed the bubble, um, obviously not winning the MAC, um, but they did win 26 games. And it's a very young team, um, or at least a young young team last year that returns a lot of talent has some more of that experience which i think should help especially early in the season aj adu returns after missing multiple seasons for this team i don't think he's played since maybe 2020 season i think it was the 2019 season um season for him so with him back on the court it should surely help this toledo team hopefully he can live up to the prospect he was recruited and what we saw before the injury um, but going into the season the max seems like Toledo's conference to lose if we're being honest it feels like they're at the top and you know talent wise they're just kind of above um, every other team in this conference and you know we'll obviously see it shake out Amani Bates in the conference at Eastern Michigan could certainly make a little bit of noise uh, but it's a Toledo team that I think is very very strong um, and I absolutely love them here um, as the 72nd overall team another team I want to take a look at here is Furman in the SoCon conference who is a Furman team that was you know destined for the tournament last year fought hard as heck in that socon tournament ultimately end up losing to chattanooga steal their tournament uh, dreams um with a buzzer beater to to beat them in the conference championship but mike bowell jalen Sosin are two players who have been great in the socon these past few seasons and you know they're going to be looked to a lot this season to help this Furman team succeed um and it's hard to argue you know Furman doesn't have the most talent in the SoCon. It's a SoCon conference that, you know, has certainly been on the ups over the past few seasons, but this is one of the deepest and most experienced rosters in the conference. Bob Ricky, you know, has done a really, really good job recruiting here for the Palatins. And it's a team like kind of like Toledo that have been very, very high on um, for the past several seasons. And it kind of feels like it's finally the season where all the stars might be aligning for this Furman team. I don't want to speak too soon. And like everyone kind of in this, you know, mid-major list, it's a team that's really only guaranteed to make the tournament if they can win their conference. But I absolutely love Furman. I think they're going to be a solid, solid team this season. Um, looking over our next mid-major, I want to take a look at number 62. We got Drake and similar to, to, to kind of how this whole list goes maybe I have a little bit of a bias coming over from last season but you know obviously that's that's gonna happen from time to time um but Drake you know has a Missouri Valley Conference that's very very wide open obviously Loyola Chicago goes off to the A-10 and while Belmont and Murray State are by no means going to be easy to deal with um as the replacement it's a team that I am very, very high on going to the season. Obviously, you know, I was betting Drake all the time a few years ago. They went on that insane um, against the spread record. I think they covered like 
15 in a row i don't remember exactly what the number was but it was something insane like that um and we got in on that trend very very early and pretty much wrote it until it died for this drake team they returned five of their top seven players um and three guys who were all missouri conference players last season darnell Bodie, a senior forward will be a huge presence down low and a major major key piece to this drake team this season and i'm really excited to see how this team performs early in the season they got a couple of early season games um that could be very very telling one against st louis um that i think will, will, will tell us a lot about how this drake team um you know may play as the missouri valley season goes on um, but their mississippi state game will also be a huge one and even in a tough missouri valley conference i definitely think this drake team um you know is poised to make some noise and if history is anything to say you know don't count out a missouri valley two-bid conference especially with the addition of belmont and murray state it's going to be a very very competitive conference once again this season uh, moving mound the mid-major rankings here and getting closer to the power schools um uab um who is technically still a mid-major team but andy kennedy has done wonders through two two i can't talk through two seasons as the head coach here for uab a record of 49 and 15 he led the braves Braves, the Blazers to the NCAA tournament last season. Obviously, Jelly Walker was a huge reason why um, this team found some success. He obviously, you know, made a name for himself um, in the college basketball world. Uh, but he did, you know, played great last year. And it's a team that is very, very athletic and certainly has the talent to be near the top of conference usa um once again it's a very you know experienced deep roster and um you know it's hard for me to to know exactly what this team um is going to look like they do also have you know a few telling games in their non-conference schedule a game against west virginia um you know what they can do against that bob huggins team i think will be very very interesting also a game against south carolina but if they can get through those games or at least look competitive um and those games they could be in great great shape for conference play and um I don't know betting wise there's a whole lot to put here on this uab team but i do definitely think it's a team um, that will be looking to get back to the dance here for the second year in a row um and finally to round out our mid-major teams I know I didn't go super in depth for, you know, the heart of mid-major, but um, make sure you're subscribed here on the channel um, and we'll obviously have picks for all the seed games coming up this season. But finishing out the mid-major section before we get into some of these power conference and the top 25 um, is St. Mary's. And is St. Mary's really a mid-major at this point? Who knows? They technically play in the West Coast Conference still, so we're going to call it. But, you know, Randy Bennett returns for his 23rd season as head coach. And, I mean, his ability to recruit guys to the West Coast Conference um, is you know really only outdone by Mark Few and Gonzaga, um, and obviously that is a, a major major leap. I mean, going from St. Mary's to Gonzaga um, is a jump, but it's the St. Mary's team that's been very very competitive the past few seasons. The biggest question mark for the St. Mary's team going into the season is replacing Tommy Cush. Um, you know, it's certainly not going to be an easy guy to replace, but there's a lot of young guys on this team who can be very very dangerous from the perimeter. Um, and not to mention, it's the St. Mary's team that has one of the strongest defenses in the country. Um, but they got a couple of tough early season matchups. A game against Houston, a game against San Diego State will really show us a lot about how this team might look um, down the stretch of the season. They obviously got to go through Gonzaga. But if they can be competitive in a West Coast conference that, you know, has been up a little bit, um, it looks like it could, you know, be down a little bit this year. But who knows if St. Mary's can, can win some games, um, be competitive. They could give Gonzaga a run for their money um, and ultimately boost up the whole conference. So um, St. Mary's is a team you always got to look at. I don't think this is the year they're going to knock off Gonzaga, but um, hey, you never know. Anything could happen. And that'll kind of wrap it up for the mid-major conferences, at least the conferences that fall outside or the teams rather that fall outside of the top 25 will obviously be going through all of those. But before we get to the top 25, I want to take a look at a couple of these other power conference teams. We start out the 37th overall team, Oklahoma. Potter Moser comes in, um, you know, last year and, you know, hopes to, to get this Oklahoma team rocking like he did at Loyola Chicago it'll be a second year as head coach and you know he had a ton of rebuilding to do last season seven not seven nine new players um found their way to this Oklahoma team last season and you know with all the turnover he had um and it being his first season as head coach making the sweet 16 is 
absolutely a huge accomplishment for this team um and you know they come back got some more experience under their belts i think they'll continue to improve um you know they did lose some guys but moser was once again very very active in the transfer portal um one of their biggest gets was senior guard grant sherfield who you know was great at nevada last year um you know and i think he can make an immediate impact on this oklahoma team this season and not to mention moser had a very strong recruiting class um at Loyola chicago and you know being able to, to bump up in the ranks a little bit with this oklahoma job his recruiting class looks very very good once again and this is an oklahoma team that i don't think is going to be outside um, of the hot tibet top 25 the entire season i think it's a team that has the potential to climb near the top 10 into the top 15 but for sure we'll find them themselves in that top 25 it's just a big 12 conference that is so so good uh, but we'll have to see how oklahoma ends up stacking up and all of that next up we got one of my favorite teams of this entire season number 34 overall xavier and I just can't contain my excitement about this team. It's a team that went, um, you know, and won the NIT a season ago. They, you know, had some struggles down the stretch of the season, weren't quite able to get over the bubble and get into the tournament. But obviously, Sean Miller taking over as head coach is, you know, huge for this team. Um, you know, a decade ago, before he went to Arizona, he had the Xavier team playing very, very well and looks to do the same here in his return. Kobe Jones is a guy who definitely stepped up during that NIT run, and I think he'll be a major, major contributor and have a major impact on this team once again. And it's a team in Xavier that really just has the talent to play with the best of them in the Big East this season. Um, and Sean Miller's a coach who has proven that he can win in March. Now, it doesn't go without mentioning, obviously, you know, Miller has some violations we'll just say <laughs> attached to his name some some pending ncaa sanctions um that could come down on him this season could you know suspend him for a, a given period of time um we'll have to wait and see you know how all of that you know shakes out and, and how that impacts the xavier's team but assuming he doesn't miss any you know large amount or serious time um this season i think it's a xavier team that will definitely be near the top of the big east once again um at plus 550 to win the big east regular season i think there's some excellent excellent value on that you know with villanova not having jay Wright anymore um and we'll get to creighton and villanova here in a second but i think it's a xavier team that could certainly win some games this season and will be very very near the top of the big east um as the season winds down now next up the team i want to take a look at number 31 alabama and nate Oates has done a lot for this alabama program has actually made them a competitor in the sec and you know not just an afterthought um and you know even got them to a tournament appearance a season ago granted the first round exit was a bit disappointing for how this alabama team played um throughout the season and you know unfortunately for alabama the crimson tide lost a lot of talent here in the offseason um i mean five-star recruit brandon miller could fix this program very quickly depending how he is able to play and he's definitely a huge get for nate oates you know a, a potential lottery pick for this alabama team who can really play anywhere on the floor um but I think it's going to be an uphill battle for this Alabama team this season. I think it's going to be very, very hard for them to live up to the hype um, and, you know, really, you know, build on the success that they had last season. Their defense is certainly a concern for me. But if this team can push tempo, if their offense can find a way to square points, um, it's certainly a team that, you know, can live with some of those defensive struggles. Um, but they play one of the toughest non-conference schedules in the SEC so needless to say, it's really just going to be an uphill battle the entire season for this Alabama team. But I'm rooting for Nate Oates. I want to see Alabama basketball good again um, because they played in some exciting games a season ago. Next up, moving down through the Power Conference teams here, at number 27 in the Hot Tip of Power Rankings, we got Virginia. Um, it's a Virginia team that struggled a little bit last season and certainly lost a little bit of talent um, going into the season um, last year. But now they have a little bit more of experience um, in hopes of, of getting things kind of turn around. And, you know, while their defense was good last season, obviously any Tony Bennett led defense is going to be good. Um, it just wasn't that same level of defense that we're used to seeing from these Virginia squads. Certainly not the defense we saw when they won it all um, a, a few years ago. But with Tony Bennett as head coach, you know, it's going to be a Virginia team that's going to look to slow the game down, look to play their defensive first style of basketball. Um, and I think they're able to do it a 
little bit better this year. It's an ACC that's not super competitive and is really wide open to anyone. Um, and a couple of non-conference games against Baylor, Michigan, Houston will really tell us a lot about how this team is going to look, especially early in the season. I think they're able to find some success in the ACC conference, um, but... I think they're still going to struggle a little bit. I don't think they're completely back. I don't think all the problems that they had a season ago um, are going to be fixed by these new guys coming in. Um, and I'm really a little bit lower on this team than a lot of people heading into this season. They could prove me wrong. Quite honestly, I hope they do prove me wrong because I love watching a great defensive battle um, from this Virginia team. And we're destined to see that. But I think they're just going to be a little bit lower. I think they finish outside the top 25. Um, got them at 27 here in the Hot Tibet Power Rankings. Moving down our final power conference team before we get into the top 25, number 26, the Dayton Flyers. Um, you know, it's a team in Dayton that did not have a ton of expectations going into the year last season. They were one of the youngest teams in the country um, and still are a fairly young team. But at the end of the day, they ended up playing great last season, um, given, you know, all of the stuff they had stacked against them going into the season. Um, and when we look at their team this season, Season, they return one of the highest or they have one of the highest returning minutes in the entire country return seven or return the top seven players from this team a season ago it's a team that's very very athletic can shoot the ball very very well um, their biggest problem a season ago was in the turnover department so that's certainly something um, that you know they've looked to improve here in the offseason we'll see how it all works out as these games play on but with st louis as their biggest competition in the a10 I think it's a Dayton team that is destined to make some noise. As Anthony Grant heads into his sixth season here as the Dayton head coach, um, it's evident that this Dayton team has just become one that is going to be near the top of the polls um, season after season. They're just a great team. They got a great, great base behind them. Um, and with all these guys returning, I think they find success. I love the Dayton Flyers here this season. Now, before we get into the top 25 here in a second, I just want to talk a little bit about how tip bets and what we got coming up here for the 2022 college basketball season. If you haven't already head over to the website, hottipbets.com, make sure you head over there, take a look at all the stuff being posted up there. We got college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, um, the World Series going on right now for the MLB, horse racing, UFC picks being posted every single day. We got games. Of course, we got the rankings for all of those up on the website as well. So make sure you take a look at all of that um so you don't miss out on any of that cool stuff also follow the hot tip main that's main account at hot tip bets on facebook instagram twitter to stay up to date with all the computer model pick stuff being posted over there follow my personal accounts at hot tip bets chris on instagram twitter tiktok so you don't miss out on any of the stuff that i'm posting in any of the college basketball content that i am making as well as follow me on Betstamp where you can get early access to all of my picks and get a notification every single time that i place a bet and finally if you're watching here on youtube make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any college basketball action for the entire season hit that like button as well and without further ado let's jump into the hot tip best top 25 now, before we get into the Hot Tip Bets Top 25, just want to throw the disclaimer out there for anyone who is new to the channel. This Top 25 is probably going to look different than a lot of rankings that you see. It's certainly going to look a lot different um, than the AP poll, but it's based off the Hot Tip Bet computer model, um, which you can find over on HotTipBets.com. And, you know, it'll update throughout the season. It's dependent a lot about how these teams cover the spread, how you know good they are to gamble, and really just how these teams stack up against each other on any given night. So um, if you want to check it out more, learn more about it, head over to HotTipBets.com. But we start out with number 25, the Michigan Wolves. Wolverines, Jawan Howard has certainly found some success here in Ann Arbor over the past few seasons. And while the 11 and 9 Big Ten record isn't the greatest thing from last season, a Sweet 16 run kind of faces any problems um, fans of this Michigan team had um, going into the dance. But um, the key issue I see with this team going into this season is they lose a lot of their scores from a season ago. They do return Hutner Dickinson down low, um, who is obviously a massive, massive impact for this team and will help them win once again. And they bring in Lowell from Princeton, who you know was one of the top perimeter shooters in the Ivy League a season ago. I think he'll continue to succeed here for this team. And it's a team that has some decent depth, 
but they lack some experience and I think that could hurt them in Big Ten play a Big Ten that is so so deep and, and you know not to mention their defense just isn't as great compared to the rest of the conference um, they got a couple of tough non-conference games a game against Virginia Kentucky North Carolina and really those matchups will show us how good this Michigan team is going to play throughout this season and you know in a conference that is full of a lot of great teams I just don't see Michigan being near the top. They're obviously, you know, going to be in contention. They're probably going to make the tournament. I don't, I'm not going to go that far and say they're missing the tournament, um, but I think it's going to be hard for them to stand out in a team with so many, in a league with so many great teams. Um, I think they struggle a little bit this season. Next up, the number 24 overall team, TCU, and it's a TCU team that I'm very high on. Jamie Dixon is slowly building a solid, solid team here with the Horn Frogs. And, you know, they entered this season with one of the most talented talented rosters that he has ever had and you know their key to success is going to be their perimeter shooting um, and if they can limit the turnovers it's a team that can be very very competitive here in big 12 play junior guard mike miles you know is a huge difference maker for this team and will certainly you know be a big part why they either succeed um, or fail this year um, you know he led the team last year scoring 15.4 points per game and you know with how this schedule falls for this TCU team, they could certainly be undefeated going into Big 12 play. Um, they'll obviously, you know, got a couple of non-conference challenges against Providence in Utah. They also play SMU um, in their non-conference schedule. So it'll be interesting to see how this TCU team all plays out. But offensively, I think they're going to be able to score some points. If their defense, you know, um, can, can improve a little bit from last year, I certainly think they're going to be competitive in the Big 12. Now, it's a Big 12 conference that is just so, so hard to predict and very, very hard to get to the top of. But I think Jamie Dixon has a great squad here, and I certainly think they're going to make some noise come March. Moving on, the number 23 overall team at the UConn Huskies um, for Dan Hurley going into his fifth season. I mean, the expectations could absolutely not be higher. You know, this team has had some success since coming back to the Big East, um, but a couple of early tournament exits kind of puts a damper um, on the success that this team has had. Um, Alex Kerberin, a redshirt freshman, um, is a guy to, I think, to look to a lot this season. As a redshirt freshman, um, you know, I, who knows exactly how he's going to end up playing but um, I think will be an X factor for this team if he can you know turn up and, and play well um, you know and you know it's a team that had a lot of departures from last season Bobby Hurley not Bobby Hurley Dan Hurley um, always does a great job recruiting though and I think he'll make this team competitive once again and you know in a post Jay Wright Big East world um, Dan Hurley is a guy who's going to try and fill those shoes. We already talked about Xavier. I obviously love Sean Miller um, and what they going on, but UConn is another team that could certainly be up there in contention and, and try and take over um, as the you know, the new powerhouse or you know the the new reigning powerhouse, whatever you want to say um, here in the Big East. I think they'll have some success. Ultimately, um, I think they struggle to get through the the top teams and you know Xavier, the even Villanova, Creightons of the world, um, and I think they come just short of that here this season. Moving down number 22 overall we got virginia tech mike young um you know is looking to, to continue the success here going into his fifth season or sorry fourth season as head coach justin mutz um you know returns after you know testing the waters of the nba draft didn't quite get the looks he wanted so he'll be back with this you know team um for virginia tech and you know that'll be a huge impact and a huge help for the success of this team this season um guard sean pelda also um you know looking to, to make an impact on this team you know as a sophomore um will continue to improve and, and could be a big impact with how this team is able to play this season but young has a lot of you know young guys coming into this program who he has recruited who could definitely boost up this team and in an acc that you know isn't great from top to bottom they could certainly make some noise they can certainly be, be near the top i mean um whether it's you know virginia duke north carolina there's not many teams that are you know <laughs> touted to be higher than this team going into this season um the perimeter shooting is going to be huge for this team this season I'm not super high on the Virginia Tech Hokies this season, but definitely don't count them out. I think they can make some noise, and they're certainly going to be near the top of the ACC as the season rolls on. Next up, we head back to the Big East, the 21st overall team, the Creighton Blue Jays. Um, it's a team that you know returns a lot of young talent from a season ago. 
Greg McDermott, you know, has really done an impressive job building this team over the past few seasons. Ryan Nimhart um, returns, you know, as the reigning Big East freshman of the year, looks to make an impact on this team once again. Um, but the biggest struggle for this team last season was their offense. I mean, they were a strong, strong team on the defensive side of things, but their offense was lacking at times. Um, and they have a couple of key losses that are going to be very, very hard to fill this season. The loss of Ryan Hawkins, the loss of Alex O'Connell, um, I don't know how, <laughs> just looking at the roster they have going into the season, they're you know going to fill in those holes. They certainly have a lot of talent, um, but I worry that, that those two guys, not even necessarily their play on the court, but their veteran leadership, the chemistry that they were able to bring to this team, um, I think it's going to be lacking a little bit, especially early on in the season for this Creighton team. And don't get me wrong, I love what Greg McDermott has done for this team. It's a Creighton team that you know has just been playing so, so well the past few seasons. And if their offense improves from what it was last season is a team that can definitely be very very good but um the top of the big east is a hard one to crack this season um and like i've said a couple times now xavier is the team that i think is able to do it i think creighton struggles a little bit i think they're near the top of the conference i think they're obviously you know gonna make the tournament and be a, a dangerous team come that um but as far as big east play goes i think creighton struggles a little bit um next up the 20th overall team going back to the big 10 we got indiana and you know the start of the mike woodson era in bloomington was magical you know it looks like it's something that could be working out here in the future they were able to make the tournament after a very strong finish to end the season trace jackson davis returns and hopes to leading to this team to some success um, that he was able to a season ago and overall it's a roster for you know comparatively in the big 10 that is very very experienced and can definitely compete the defense is where this team really found their success a season ago, and um, I think they'll look to, to lean on that here again this season, try to slow games down, play their style of defense. Um, and if their offense can improve even just a little bit, it's a team that certainly can make some noise here in the Big Ten. And it's one of those teams that really has a, a tough non-conference schedule that is going to show us a lot about how this team plays. They have to play Xavier, North Carolina, Arizona, and Kansas. Four teams who are all near the top, um, if not at the top, of their respective conferences. Certainly not an easy non-conference schedule. Certainly not an easy Big Ten schedule um, going in after that. But it's a coach in Mike Woodson who I think is up for the task. It's a team in Indiana that I think has the talent to compete with all of those non-conference teams as well as any team in the Big Ten. Um, and definitely don't be surprised if this Indiana team finishes near the Big Ten. I'm very high on Indiana this season. I love them um, here as the 20th overall team. I think they're going to be climbing throughout the season. Another team that I think could be climbing, our 19th overall team in the rankings, San Diego State. It's one of the most experienced teams in the country. Matt Bradley um, and Adam Subdue are both returning, getting that fifth year of eligibility um, because of all the COVID stuff. We'll see them back on the court. We're a great perimeter duo last season, both of them hitting over 40% from beyond the arc. Um, and really, when we look at this San Diego State team as a whole, it's really just one of those teams that, you know, ha has kind of just been, you know, sitting, you know, near the top of, of the mid-major ranks, um, the power conference ranks, where you, you want to slot in the Mountain West. I guess technically they're they're not a quote-unquote mid-major team. Um, maybe they are. I don't know. I don't. I always get confused where the, the cutoff should actually be right there. But nonetheless, a team that, you know, isn't going to necessarily be in the upper echelon um, of schools. But they, you know, bring in Ladee um, from TCU, who should certainly help boost this team. It's really just a Team, like I said, that is so so experienced, they're gonna be so so hard to take down in the Mountain West. And um, it's just a Mountain West team that doesn't have a whole lot of competition for them. I mean, the next best team is probably Wyoming. Um, that's what my rankings seem to say. That's what Vegas seems to think with the odds to win the conference here. And um, while Wyoming's not a bad team, they're certainly nowhere near the San Diego State team. It's really San Diego State's conference to lose at this point. The odds really do show that. Um, and I think they're able to improve after last season. I think they make it farther than the first round of the tournament. And I am very, very high on the San Diego State team. I think they are going to make a lot of noise out there in the Mountain West. Moving back to the Big Ten, we got a couple of Big Ten schools um, coming up here. But at number 18, we got the Illinois um, Alliance New. It's, it's an Illinois team um, that has to replace 
all sorts of guys from a season ago. Ten players from last year's team um, have left, including you know their star Kofi Coburn, um, who you know has really been the heart and soul of this team for a while now. But Brad Underwood has done a decent job recruiting. He you know has some decent replacements lined up to, to help fill some of those holes um, and you know hit the transfer portal fairly hard too to to help round out this roster. But after going 15 and five last season in Big Ten play, I find it really hard to to trust this Illinois team that they're going to be able to do that here again this season. You know, it's a, def- a team that relied very very heavily on their defense um, to help them to stay in games and be competitive a season ago. And while I don't think they're going to be terrible this season. I just really don't see any way they're able to live up to the lofty expectations um, they do have. You know, I think it's a team that is going to struggle in Big Ten play um, early. And ultimately, when the month of February comes around, um, it's really going to be the difference maker on whether or not this team's good. Because they're going to have an average record, um, I think, going into that. Um, and how they finish out the season for many teams, not just Illinois. But will really show us what this team is made of and, and kind of write the story of what the Illinois team looked like here in the 2022 season. Um, I think they could make a potential push to the second week into the tournament. Um, I think that would be the icing on the cake for this season. But um, I think right now, getting a first round win, just making the tournament for this Illinois team with all the turnover they had um, should not be a disappointment by any means for this school moving down continuing here in the big 10 number 17 we got Iowa and if, if you watched the channel you know you know my feelings about Iowa a lot of them you know come back to the to Luca Garza um, the national play of the year um, primarily the the Obi Toppin year um, made me hate Iowa fans, to be quite honest. And I I, I don't love (laughs) the school um, still going into that. But despite that, um, and overlooking some of that, it's hard to, you know, overlook the success that this team has had. Obviously, you know, between Luca Garza and Keegan Murray, the past few seasons for this Iowa team um, have been very, very strong. And they've had them playing very, very competitive. But this season's not going to be easy. They lose a lot of those star guys, and there's not just the one guy who really just pops off the page um, who, who's going to be that that talent guy to fill the hole. Um, but I think that's almost good for this Iowa team. You know, with, with between Keegan Murray, between Luca Garza, you know, they had the, that one guy who was kind of the glue that held the whole team together. But I think what they really need in order to succeed in the Big Ten um, is kind of just a couple of playmakers who can step up night in and night out. And I'm not saying they didn't have that before, but um, I think a couple of guys will do that. Patrick McCaffrey, who averaged over over 10 points a game last season. Obviously, we'll get more time this season. Um, Keegan's brother, Chris Murray, will see some more time um, for this team. And, you know, he was one of Iowa's best perimeter shooters a season ago. Um, We'll have to see, you know, how well he's able to live up. He's obviously not going to be his brother. Um, But if he can even fill his brother's shoes, fill one of his brother's shoes, um, he could be a difference maker for this team. And it's a team in Iowa that's experienced. They got a very, very deep roster. They returned five scores um, or for their top five scores behind Keegan Murray from a season ago but the real concern i have for this team isn't necessarily scoring points isn't necessarily the depth it's the defense i worry how they're going to be able to slow down the other teams in the big 10 we saw them struggle with this um a season ago um and i and i think they'll be near the top of the big 10 but i think they're going to be just under it i think it's going to be hard for them to get over the edge um i think they're a good team i don't think they're a great team i think they struggle a little bit because of that defense um one team they're kind of rounding out the big 10 here at least this chunk of the big 10 teams number 16 we got purdue um and matt painter has you know really just shocked a lot of people with how well he has this boilermakers team playing um zach Eady, trevinson williams and uh been you know two of the, the the best big men in the country a season ago obviously with Williams gone Edie you know will look to get even more minutes down low and help round out this team the addition of David Jenkins Jr. from Utah will certainly help boost this team's shooting you know he was hitting 41 percent from beyond the arc um, during his time at Utah if he can do that again here for Purdue um, it's a team that offensively is certainly going to improve um, and you know that perimeter shooting will help them be more competitive in the Big Ten here this season. And it's a team that certainly has some high, high hopes going into the season. Obviously, go and play in the Sweet 16 um, a season ago. And they got plenty of talent to potentially go and do that again. Um, but 
they don't have the easiest road in the world. Um, obviously, the preseason matchup, well, technically it's not scheduled, but they're likely going to have to play Gonzaga um, in the Phil Knight Legacy Tournament um, in you know during Feast Week there. Um, as long as both them and Gonzaga win their first round games, they'll end up meeting up there. Um, so that would be an interesting game. I mean, obviously, if they can knock off Gonzaga, then the high, high hopes for Purdue. I mean, you know, they're the top of the country at that point, not necessarily, but um, near the top of the Big Ten. It's a team, though, defensively, I think, is going to be better from last year. I think they find some success this season, but um, ultimately, I just don't know what to think of this Purdue team going into the season here. Now, moving down the rankings here at number 15, we got the Auburn Tigers. Bruce Pearl returns to Auburn for his ninth season as head coach. And, you know, it's a team that has been very, very competitive in the SEC these past few seasons. And, you know, on top of that, it's the only team in the SEC who can say they have made the Final Four in the past five seasons. And that is certainly something to hang the hat on for the Auburn Tigers. Um, For Auburn, a large part of the success has come from, you know, their development of small guards replacing Jacoby Smith um, and Walker Kessler though is no easy feat. Um, Window Green is a guy who could potentially step up and I think will make some noise. Katie Johnson will certainly be up there as well. Um, and when we really look at this Auburn team as a whole, it's one that's very, very competitive in the SEC and has shown that year in and year out here these past few seasons with what Bruce Pearl has done outside of, you know, maybe John Calipari. Um, no one has done it better in the SEC over the past decade than what Bruce Pearl has done here with this Auburn team, especially when it comes to recruiting. Um, it, it's a team that's never going to fall too far down the SEC. And really for Auburn, it's just about making it to the tournament, getting some of those veterans to step up when they need to, to take control. Um, and quite honestly, I think it's an Auburn team that probably could. And I think Think probably will make another deep run in the tournament this season uh, moving down number 14 overall we got the villanova wildcats obviously the biggest you know storyline uh of the offseason for villanova and we've mentioned it a few times here already but two weeks after the final four um Jay Wright shocks the college basketball world, steps away, retiring as the head coach um, of Villanova. Kyle Neptune takes over as the Villanova head coach and obviously hiring from within, I think is a good decision um, for where this Villanova team is at. But it's certainly not the team that we saw last year and, and go make that final four run. Obviously, Colin Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels are both gone from this team. Um, Justin Moore himself is going to miss some time here to start the season with that Achilles tear that he suffered in the tournament. And who knows when he'll be back and really who knows how he's going to look. I mean, Achilles tears are, are always scary. You never know how they're going to be able to play um, after it. And, you know, hoping he can come back and look good. Um but they do return a, a, you know, outside of those guys, return a team that was very, very young last season um, and, and looks very, very promising going into this season. But with a very, very tough non-conference schedule, it is going to be an uphill battle for this Villanova team here this season. I really want to trust this team. I really want to think this team um, is going to play well. But in a J, a post-J Wright era for the Villanova Wildcats, I just don't know how they're going to look. I think whether it's Xavier, whether it's Creighton, whether it's UConn, I think it's going to be very, very hard for this Villanova team to be near the top of the Big East this season. Who knows what happens, but um, I'm a little lower on Villanova going into this one. Next up, number Number 13, we got Texas Tech. Mark Adams has been very, very impressive last season. I mean, I didn't expect Texas Tech to be really any good with Chris Beard leaving, but they looked great last season. Led them to 27 and 10 overall. You know, had to rebuild that entire roster last season. You know, Chris Beard taking a lot of the guys away. A lot of them obviously transferring out, going other places. Um, But Adams relied on the defense to win games. The problem with this Texas Tech team, they had to start over last season. They got to start over here again. Nine of Texas Tech's top 10 scores from last season are gone. And what do you even do with that? How do you even salvage that? Um, Well, a lot of coaches can't, but we already know Mark Adams can because he did it a year ago. He had, you know, a ton of new faces last season. He was able to find success. I think he's able to do the same thing um, here for this one. Luckily, they got a fairly easy non-conference schedule, so they can, you know, take some time to develop some of these players, find what works, um, and, and kind of build that chemistry. The Maui Invitational is really their only true non-conference test of the season, and, you know, how those tournaments end up playing out um, can, you know, somewhat be indicative of how a conference play is going to go, but not 
necessarily and especially in a big 10 or a big 12 that is so so competitive i don't think you know they gotta you know hang their heads too low on that one or too high on that one depending how it goes um but i do have a little bit of concerns with this team heading into the season it's hard not to have concerns with a team that replaces so many guys but adam showed last season that he can definitely compete in the big 12 and it's a texas tech team that is going to compete in the big 12 once again um and moving on at number 12 we got Texas. How how fitting is it for Texas Tech and Texas to be right next to each other here in the preseason rankings? Uh, for Chris Beard, got high, high hopes for him going in Texas. Obviously, he needs to prove, and he needs to show up, and he needs to make this team good. Um, he, you know, obviously taking Texas Tech to the Final Four, to the National Championship was great. Um, and, you know, outside of TCU, it's a Texas team that returns some of the highest minutes in the Big 12 this season. But they struggled to live up to the hype last season. I mean, it was a Texas team that was good, but they struggled in certain areas with more experience. I think they'll certainly improve. The addition of Tyrese Hunter um, from Iowa State, I think, will only help to improve this team. And, you know, overall, it's a team that's led by Chris Beard, who's obviously going to have one of the strongest defenses in the country. And I think we see that here again this one or this year. They got a matchup early in the season here um, against Gonzaga, which, again, it seems like everyone's playing Gonzaga this year. It's kind of just how their non-conference schedule works. But um, if they can win that game, if they can play that game close, keep that game competitive, who knows how this team is going to look down the stretch. But um, I'm kind of at the point with Texas where I'll believe it when I see it. Um, up next, number 11, we got Tennessee and, you know, Rick Barnes. Has been, you know, one of the best coaches in the country over the past few seasons at just developing talent. They return four starters from a season ago. Definitely will have that experience going into this season. And, you know, it was a team that was one of the best in the country the final month of the season. I mean, how they played um, in, in in February um, and, you know, in, in early March, late January was just very, very impressive for this team. They bring in a great recruit in Julian Phillips um, at forward, who I think will definitely you know be a major impact early on for this team. And it's a very, um, or he is a very athletic player who will make a huge impact on the defensive side of things. And Rick Barnes has always done a great job putting together some talented rosters. That's not been a problem for him. Um, and I think it's a Tennessee team um, that really should have no problem probably get into the second weekend of the tournament once again sec wise who knows how it's all going to play out um but I, I think this is a team that can truly make um a postseason run this season and um really we'll see how well this tennessee team is able to play in the postseason um is kind of what it comes down to if they can make a deep run um then you know they'll be up there with the the upper echelon of teams here in the sec and speaking of another team in the sec at number 10 we got the arkansas razor razorbacks Eric Musselman um, has turned this Arkansas team into a national presence, a national name, a team that people have actually been talking about. Um, and, you know, with back-to-back -back trips to the Elite Eight, he's ready to show it again. It's, it's hard to hate on him too much from what they've been able to do. And his ability to create mismatches gives this team a major, major advantages against their opponents. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how this team plays early in the season. They got three freshmen um, who are projected to start. So who knows how that team chemistry is going to look early in the season um, and, and how it'll all affect going into conference play. Um, but with a weak non-conference schedule, it may not even matter. They may just, you know, pick it up and, and be playing well together um, from the get-go. And obviously, we've seen these top schools, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the North Carolinas of the world, um, in the one-and-done area, having freshmen um, all-start isn't necessarily a problem. Yeah, Arkansas, maybe not quite on their level, but... Um, well, they have a few holes to fill from last season. It's a team that will easily be near um, the top of the conference once again. And um, I'm just very high on the SEC in general this year, but um, I'm all aboard the must buzz. I want to see Arkansas succeed here this season. Now, next up at number nine, we got our first Pac-12 school on the list here. We got Arizona, Tommy Lloyd, a perfect first season couldn't have asked for much better i mean i guess a final four a, a national championship maybe that would have been better but outside of that tommy lloyd had a great first season with this arizona team led him to a 33 and 4 record along with a sweet 16 um appearance and you know there wasn't a team that you know going out of there i mean the pac-12 champ or uh, tournament last year they looked very very strong and there was really not a more hyped team going into the dance last year than this arizona team um but they lose 
those three guys to the NBA, which definitely leaves behind some major, major holes to fill for this team. Courtney Ramey is a guy from Texas who will definitely fill in um, one of those spots. And, you know, Lloyd is a guy who um, we haven't seen a ton of yet, but he did a decent job recruiting, got a pretty solid class coming in here, got a couple of solid big men who I think can make a difference for this team. Um, and overall, it's just a team that is very, very strong on both sides of the ball. Um, and with a, a relatively easy conference schedule, it's a team that I think will find will have near the same six success that they were able to find last season. Um, and you know, while we're talking about Arizona, the real only competition they have is UCLA. And at number eight in the hot to bet power rankings, we got UCLA. Um, really the, the perfect order <laughs> it got a couple of those here in the top 25 but Mick Cronin has done a great job turning this UCLA team around very very fast um, have looked very very strong the past few seasons a lot of their success has come from the perimeter have done a great job shooting from three Tiger Campbell um, you know was one of the best last season hitting over 41% from the on the arc Jamie Jacquez um, also you know rounds out a starting five that is very very strong and you know like we were just talking about Arizona before is a team in UCLA who is very very strong on both sides of the ball one spot where I'm looking for this UCLA team to show me something is against Kentucky um, here in, in one of their early season non-conference games but overall looking at UCLA and Arizona here it's really a two-horse race in the Pac-12 it's gonna go to one of them and quite honestly I would lean Arizona but your guess is as good as mine. I, it's, it's hard to predict which one of these teams will come out on tap. I love Mick Cronin, um, but Tommy Lloyd has also done a great, great job. So um, when it comes to the Pac-12, who knows? But there you go for that one. Next up here in the top 25, though, moving down, number seven, we got Duke. And, you know, John Shire era officially begins for the Blue Dew Devils. Obviously, Coach K um, retiring last season. Shouldn't be news to anyone because he, he told us, you know, for a year, it seemed like every day. But um, nonetheless, the John Shire era starts here for Duke with a team that is very, very young. But that's never been a problem for Duke. That's that's. It's just not a problem. They got plenty of size. They got plenty of athleticism up and down the roster. Got some nice depth to go along with that. Um, guard Jeremy the Roach, you know, is one of the few returning players from a season ago. And I think he'll certainly be a key contributor here on this team. Um, but it's a hard team to know how they're going to look. We don't know what the John Shire era at Duke is going to look like. Yeah, we kind of expect it to look very similar to the Coach K era because, you know, he was very, very heavily involved with, with those teams. Um, but it's hard to say how they're going to look, you know, at plus 300 to win the ACC. I don't think it's a terrible bet, but I also think it's a Duke team that could certainly struggle out of the gate, um, you know, with with a fresh head coach. We saw, you know, obviously North Carolina be able to do it with a new head coach last year. But um, I think it's a Duke team that ultimately is going to have some struggles. I think they struggle to find their footing in the ACC. Um, and I really think it's a just a rough season for the Duke Blue Devils here in this one. Um, moving down the list here at number six, we got the defending national champions, the Kansas Jayhawks. Bill Self is finally able to get back to the top of the college basketball season. Um, but who knows how long that's going to live. Um, we talked a little bit about Sean Miller last year, got five level one violations pending for this Kansas team. Who knows how that's going to impact the program. Will the, the banner potentially come down? But at the moment, they are the 2022 college basketball champions, and um, you got to respect that. I mean, Kansas did a great, great job last year, um, and you know this team hopes to to repeat from last year, but they lose a lot of major pieces from that team. Lose six of their top eight scores um, from last season. Dewan Harris Jr., Jalen Wilson are the two guys who remain um, from that group. You know, the addition of Kevin McCullough Jr. from Texas Tech will certainly help. I mean, he did a great job in that Mark Adams offense a season ago. And when it comes to recruiting in Lawrence, there's never a lack of recruits coming into this Kansas team. Um, they're definitely going to have the talent to compete um, and you know live up to, to what the Kansas Jayhawks have really become in the college basketball landscape. Really for this team and really what it comes down to for, for every Kansas team is, is how far they go in the tournament. Um, obviously, you know, Bill Self has built one of the longest active, um, you know, tournament appearance streaks, was able to get to the top of the mountain last year. Um, but when it comes right down to it, this Kansas team and, and with all the pieces they lost really feels more like a second round exit type of Kansas team to me than it does a national Kansas team. And um, let's be honest, we all know Kansas is a football school now. Um, and, and all joking aside, I think they struggle a little bit in a Big 12 that is just so, so tough. And speaking of toughness in the Big 12, at number five, we got the Baylor Bears, Scott Drew. 
has built a hell of a program out there in Waco, Texas. <clears throat> you know, has really just found players to, to to keep them near the top of the country season in and season out. Ultimately, they end up losing in the second round of the NCAA tournament a season ago. Um, but, you know, Scott Drew has, you know, built a national championship culture here for this team. Um, when we look at, you know, how Baylor, you know, you know, comes into this season, one interesting tidbit to look about about this team um, is they actually represented the USA over the summer, played some games together there. Um, and, you know, I actually watched quite a few of those games and they had a solid stretch. They looked pretty good. Um, granted, we <laughs> talent wise was was probably a little bit lower than what they're you know going to be playing here in these games. Um, but it's a team that, you know, was able to find some success. And if they can avoid the injuries, I think they'll be able to find some success here. Um, we don't know, you know, how healthy everyone will be down the stretch, but it's a hard team to bet against here in a big 12 that is so so strong they got a tough non-conference schedule and definitely a grueling big 12 schedule um, but it's hard to say that this team won't be near the top of the mountain once again Next up in the rankings at number four overall, the top school in the ACC, North Carolina. Um, obviously, Hubert Davers getting to the national championship game in his first season as head coach is about as good as it gets. I mean, obviously, winning that game is as good as it gets. Um, but throwing a couple of wins over Duke and you know in the Final Four um, at Cameron Indoor. This North Carolina team is about as high as they can be without winning um, that national championship last year. And, you know, it's a team from last season that show that they have a lot of fight in them. They're able to fight through adversity. They're able to come back. Um, and, you know, they weren't a great team going into the tournament, but they just put things together, were able to find ways to win. Um, and they return a lot of talent and a lot of experience from last year's team. Not to mention they have one of the deepest rosters in the ACC again this season. The addition of Pete Nance um, from Northwestern is only only going to help improve their perimeter shooting this season. I mean, at Northwestern last season, he shot an impressive 45.2% um, from three. And, you know, in an ACC without Coach K, it feels like North Carolina's conference to lose at this point. And, I mean, North Carolina, Duke are really the only two teams that are super highly touted in the ACC. Yeah, you got Virginia Tech, you got Virginia, but they seem like they're a step below. Um, and if North Carolina is, you know, able to, to to build off of the success they finished the last season with, I don't think there's anything stopping this team this season. So I absolutely love North Carolina there. And moving down, the number three overall team in the Hot Tip at Brown rankings is the Kentucky Wildcats. And to say the past two seasons for Kentucky – have been less than ideal would, would maybe be an understatement from missing the tournament two years ago to losing to St. Peter's last season. Um, they definitely have a point to prove going into this season. And with how disappointing that first round exit was last season, it's a team that played very, very well. They obviously returned the reigning national player of the year, Oscar Tibway, um, to this team. Now, what exactly his knee surgery and knee injury looks like, um, who knows? We don't have a ton of information out there about that. We'll have to wait and see, um, you know, how he looks in, in these early season non-conference games. But nonetheless, he hopefully surely should be healthy and good to go by SEC play. So have to wait and see how all that plays out. Really just, you know, it seems like a lot of noise um, early on here um, in the, the the season or the preseason. Rather, freshman Cruz, Campson Walker, Chris Livington are going to be major pieces for this team once again. And there's absolutely no question that this team has the talent to compete in the ACC this year. They got one of the most athletic rosters in the entire company, in the company, entire country. Um, and they're a top five team on both sides of the basketball. And, and it's a Kentucky team that feels a lot like that 2019 Virginia team. They got, you know, two very disappointing things between the St. Peter's loss, between missing the tournament, got a lot of vengeance. And quite honestly, in my opinion, if there's any blue blood that's going to win it all this season, I think it could be the Kentucky Wildcats. I think they're just the deepest team, the both athletic roster. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how Coach Cal can get it all going together. Moving on, the number two team in the country, the Houston Cougars. Um, and there was not any team in the country that I was higher on last season than this Houston team. Um, I mean, I was touting them. I put was, was seemingly putting my life on this Houston team many times as the season wound down and as we got into the tournament, especially against that Arizona team in the Sweet 16. 
boy, did I have a lot riding on the Houston success in that one. Um, ultimately, they did come up a little short, losing to Villanova. But Kelvin Sampson, you know, continues to find success here in the American Conference. And he's got a Houston team that is very, very good once again. A large part of that success has come on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, while they lost some talent from last year, they do return a lot of the major pieces um, from that team. The biggest thing for this Houston team and really the biggest advantage they have um, is they get to play in a weaker conference. Yes, it's the American isn't terrible by any means. It's not the West Coast Conference, which you've probably figured out by now we're going to get to here in a second. Um, but they they don't have to play in a Big 12 conference yet. I mean, that's coming for them here in a few years. Um, but obviously, they're going to be a highly ranked team going into the tournament unless just something catastrophic happens um, to this team. And while I'm not nearly as high on Houston that I was a season ago, they're still a very, very good team. Um, if they can get a couple big wins here in non-conference play, um, they should get some respect on the national stage. And, um, you know, hey, who knows? Only time will tell if Houston is able to win it um, at home here and get that national championship. But to round out the top 25 and to round out the team previews here, um, we got number one overall, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Mark Few returns for his 25th season as the Gonzaga head coach. And it's kind of to be expected in my rankings right now. Um, for better or worse, how Gonzaga plays and between the conference they play in and, and, and just the style of basketball they play, they end up being near the top, if not the number one overall team um, in the hot tip of power rankings. Majority of the time, I think they sat there most of the year last season. I think they fell off a little bit um, in some of their losses, but they end up finishing 28 and four a season ago, a sweet six, 16 appearance to go along with that. Um, but it's, you know, a team that will be without their top two guys from a season ago. Obviously, Chet Holgram, Andrew Nimhart have both left this Gunbaga team. Um, however, Drew Timmy steps up, hopes to return um, and, you know, boost up his NBA draft stock, maybe get a little bit more experience um, and go test those wide again senior guard Malik Smith transfers in from Chattanooga who you know I think could be a huge piece for this team I loved how he played in the SoCon last year and you know needless to say it's a team in Gonzaga that has a lot of talent and well preseason exhibition games definitely don't tell us the whole story um, watching Gonzaga take on Tennessee um, last Friday night was a little bit concerning with how this Gonzaga team played down the stretch in that game. And I get it. Like I said, it's an exhibition game. Ultimately, who cares? It doesn't really matter. Um, but I, I do have a little bit of worry for this Gonzaga team going into the season. And quite honestly, it's a Gonzaga team where I'm kind of at the point is win the national championship. And, and, and then I'll talk about you and pay attention to you. But, you know, with 10 consecutive West Coast Conference um, regular season titles under their belt, it's certainly safe to say um, that the season for Gonzaga doesn't really start until March gets here, until the tournament starts. And, you know, it's a team that's going to be near the top, if not at the top of the power rankings all season. And while I like Gonzaga, um, I just don't know that it's going to be their year to win the national championship this year. And that'll wrap it up for the team preview part here of the, the preview. Um, and while we obviously weren't able to get to all 363 teams, hopefully we're able to give you a little bit more insight about some of the top teams in the country, the more hyped teams in the country coming into the season. And there's obviously going to be a few teams that I just overlooked who are you know going to end up at the, the top 25 for sure, the top 15, maybe even a top 10 team that we weren't able to cover um, here in this one. But before we get out of here, before you know we get officially in to the season, I do want to take a look at some of these future bets there are a few bets that i do like now a quick disclaimer when it comes to betting college basketball futures and, and kind of how i've gone about it the past few years when it comes to betting really anything linked to the tournament before we see a bracket i just don't think it's worth it like especially final four um appearance just doesn't seem worth it especially if you're betting multiple of them you don't know how the you know the bracket's going to shake out they could get a terrible draw they could get a good draw you could bet two teams that are in the same region um and then you're just screwed there kind of the same with the national championship it's just so much dependent on the draw you get in the tournament um but one area that i do like betting futures are um is conference related stuff now um conference regular season titles are you know the primary thing that you're going to see betting odds on you're obviously not going to see conference um tournaments in, until we get later on and really until those fields are set um 
and, and win totals in college basketball are sort of a thing. Um, we actually, as of recording this, I haven't seen any posted yet. Usually we get them the day or two um, before the season starts. But again, with those, with the preseason tournaments, with, with everything else that, that kind of just shifts around in college basketball, it's so, so hard to, to, to predict, um, you know, those ones. But I do have some regular season conference champions that I will be betting on. Starting off, and you probably could have guessed this one by how the show was going, Xavier at plus 550. I absolutely love this Xavier team to win the Big East. I mean, truly, who is their competition? Creighton, Villanova, UConn. Those are probably the four teams that they're going to be up near the top of um, as the season goes on. I don't have a ton of faith in UConn. I think they can be a good team, but I think they have some struggles um, when it comes to Villanova. I think without Jay Wright, they have some struggles. And I think Creighton is really the one team that is going to be competitive and, and, and give this team a run for their money. But at plus 550, there is just way, way too much value on a team led by Sean Miller, who had a you know a lot of success with Xavier um, in his first showing. I think it's a team, as long as you know the NCAA doesn't suspend Miller um, and, and give us some crazy thing there, I think it's a team that's going to be very, very competitive i'm taking xavier at plus 550 to win the big east regular season i also like dayton at plus 225 to win the a10 regular season is a team in dayton that returns seven of their top players from last season they're very very athletic they can shoot the ball very very well um their biggest problem last season was the turnovers but if they can improve that i think it's a dayton team that is going to be very very good and you know anthony grant has found a lot of success here in the past few satan seasons as the Dayton head coach. I think he's able to do the same here. I'm taking Dayton plus 225 to win the A10 regular season. I also like Indiana plus 400 um, to win the Big Ten regular season. And um, this is a good one to note. When you're looking at these lines, make sure you look at multiple books, because especially when it comes to the future markets, these odds are all over the place. I saw Indiana as high as 400, which is where I was able to bet it here um, as we're recording the show, and I saw them as low as like plus 250. So make sure you're shopping odds. Don't take the first ones you see. Make sure you're getting the best odds for these. But it's an Indiana team that is very, very experienced here in the Big Ten. Um, defensively, they have a lot of success. And you know if their offense is able to improve off of last season, I think it's a team destined to make a lot of noise. I have high expectations for Woodson going into the season. I love Indiana at plus 400 to win the Big Ten regular season. I also like San Diego State plus 100 to win the Mountain West regular season. Now, we kind of already hit on this one when we talked about San Diego State as a team, but their biggest competition in the conference is going to be Wyoming this season. And while Wyoming's not a terrible team, I just don't think they're nearly as good as San Diego State. Um, you know, they returned Bradley and Psycho, who were two of the best players um, in the Mountain West a season ago, both hitting over 40% from beyond the arc and they're just one of the most experienced teams in the country um i don't think they have any problem running through the mountain west i'm taking them at plus 100 to win the mountain west regular season and finally i like north carolina at plus 150 to win the acc regular season and um it took me a while to to get in on this bet but i really love hubert davis i really love how this team was able to compete as the season wound down last year, not to mention with Coach K um, out at Duke, I think Duke is down a little bit this season. And at that point, the really only competition becomes Virginia and Virginia Tech, who I'm not super high on this season. And I think it's a North Carolina team that's able to fight through the adversity um, and is able to stay at the top of the conference. Um, I don't think they're going to be stepping down at all this season. I think they're going to be very, very good once again. Taking North Carolina plus 150 to win the ACC regular season. And that'll do it for the 2023 college basketball season preview. Make sure you subscribe to the channel here on YouTube so you don't miss out on any of the college basketball picks videos and any of the content I'm putting out, um, as well as check out all the links down in the description so you don't miss out on any college basketball action this year.